Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we're convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks at greenvilleoaks.org and connect with us on social media. We would love it if you could rate and review our podcast. It makes it easier for others to find us. And now, on to this week's message with Lead Minister Wade Hodges. All right, now, John chapter 1. John opens his gospel in his prologue with as big of description of Christ as you will find in Scripture. He begins with the universal or the cosmic Christ, or to use John's language, in the beginning, the beginning, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and that word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, the word, all things were made. Without him, the word, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all humanity. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's John 1, 1 through 5. But then in verse 6, John makes this abrupt shift from the universal to the particular, from the cosmic to the specific. Let's keep going. Verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He only came as a witness to the light. And then skip down to verse 19. Now, this was John's testimony. When the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was, he did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, well, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Well, finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent you to us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now, the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him. Why do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied. But among you, stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am unworthy to untie. And the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him. And he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself, I did not know him. But the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. 
I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him. But the one who sent me to baptize with water told me the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. As he does with most of the elements of the gospel story, John puts his own unique spin on his portrayal of John the Baptist, who is not to be confused with the writer of the gospel of John. Those are two separate Johns. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, John the Baptist is portrayed as an eccentric prophet, wearing strange clothing and eating strange food. He lives out in the wilderness and calls people to repentance with thunderous preaching. He's known as the Baptist or the baptizer or the immerser because that's what he does to those who are convicted by his preaching and repent of their sins. He plunges them beneath the waters of the Jordan River. But there's not so much of that in the Gospel of John. Yes, John baptizes with water, but that's not the main point of his ministry. John is not so much the Baptist in the Gospel of John. He's John the witness, sent to testify, to tell others what he has seen and heard. In this passage we just read, John is described multiple times as the one who is not. That's the emphasis of the passage. In the prologue, he is not the light. Make sure you understand that. He's not the light. And then when the religious leaders in Jerusalem send a team to investigate him because they're suspicious of what he's getting up to in the wilderness, baptizing all these people, John spends more time saying who he's not than who he is. I am not the Messiah. I am not Elijah. I am not the prophet who is to come. He freely confesses, I should not be the focus of your attention. I am not the one everyone is waiting for. John describes himself and his ministry in relation to one who has already come and is among them, whose sandals he is unworthy to untie. John has one job in this story. And that is to tell others what he has seen and heard. He has one job, and that is to testify, to be a witness for the word that is the light that is coming to the world. Here's how one artist captures the essence of John's ministry. That's it. The point of John's ministry 
is to point to Jesus. Nothing more, nothing less, and that's what we see him doing repeatedly in the opening chapter of John's gospel. And the reason John's ministry is necessary is because Christ was not obvious. Christ was not obvious. If we go back to the prologue in verse 9, it says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. This is one of the great mysteries of the gospel story. One of the real head scratchers. The word came into the world, and the world did not recognize the word, even though the word's creative fingerprints are all over the world. Christ was not obvious. The word needed a witness. And when the religious authorities from Jerusalem are investigating John, he says to them in verse 26, among you stands one you don't know. Among you stands one you don't know. It's possible that Jesus was there in the crowd listening in on this conversation. And at that time, no one knew who he was or where he had come from, where he had really come from, and what he was going to do. He was not obvious. The word needed a witness. My assumption is there was nothing about Jesus' appearance that drew special attention to him. Always think of the line in Isaiah 53, where the prophet Isaiah is speaking of the suffering servant. It's a passage applied to Jesus throughout the New Testament. But there's this line where Isaiah describes this servant like this, 53 verse 2. He said, he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Despite what old paintings and works of art might have us believe, I don't think Jesus had a glowing globe around his head, a halo. Or... He was not obvious. You could be standing in line next to Jesus waiting to be baptized by John and never realize that you were rubbing shoulders with the word through whom all things were made. It's just right there. Among you stands one that you do not know. He was not obvious, and so the word needed a witness. But he also was not obvious to John. Did you catch that in the reading? It's in verse 26, John said, I myself didn't know him. Now, this is a bit different from the way the story is told in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John says, I didn't know him. I didn't recognize him until the Holy Spirit descended and remained on him, which is what 
God told me to be looking for. That was the signal. That was the sign I was supposed to catch. Jesus was not obvious to the crowds or the religious leaders. Okay, we can understand that. He also wasn't obvious to John the witness. The only reason he recognized Jesus as the Christ was because God revealed it to him from above. The word needed a witness, but the witness needed help. It wasn't because he was smarter or because he was more spiritual or more holy than everyone else. He may have been all of those things, but none of those things helped him recognize Jesus as the Christ. Even John needed help from above to recognize the word who became flesh and walked among us. Even John needed help from above to see Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Not much has changed in 2,000 years because Christ is still not obvious. Not as obvious as we would like him to be Not as obvious as we think he should be to those who spend time reading their Bibles and thinking about such things and to those who never think about such things. And how could anyone miss it at this point? But yet, despite the global missionary success of the religion named after him, despite the impact and the influence Christianity has had on Western civilization, despite the many buildings peppering our cityscape, bearing his name, despite the holiday named after him, Christ is still not obvious. Which is to say, most people do not, will not, cannot discover Christ on their own. The word still needs a witness. The world, the crowds, still need a witness to declare what he or she has seen and heard. Would-be disciples still need someone to point out Christ and say, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John was the first witness sent into the world to tell others, to point others to Christ so they could believe and live, but he's not the only witness. Many others have come after him, including many of us. We too, as followers of Christ, are witnesses to Christ and what we have seen and heard. And John, the original witness, shows us how to do our job. John shows us how to do our job with deference. Meaning, we are never the star of the show. We are never the point of the sermon. As John the witness says later on in chapter 3, verse 30, when his disciples are threatened by Jesus' growing popularity, John says, no, he must become greater and I must become less. John shows us how to do our job as witnesses with deference. 
but also with humility. What we know about Christ is a gift from God. We didn't figure it out ourselves. It's not because we're smarter. It's not because we're more spiritual or more holy than others. It's because it was revealed to us from above, maybe through other witnesses who pointed us to Jesus, but we did not come to this on our own. It was revealed to us from above through others. John shows us how to do our job with confidence and conviction. What we have experienced with Christ, what we have seen Christ do in our lives, what we have heard Christ say to us, words of life and light in our moments of darkness, what we have seen and heard Christ do has convinced us he's the one. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And now we declare that boldly with confidence, knowing it's not our job to convert anyone, not our job to convince anyone, not our job to talk anyone into following Jesus. Our job is to point, to bear witness to the truth. And John also shows us how to do our job without distraction. And this is a big one. Because the temptation is always there for the church to make its mission about something other than pointing others to Jesus. It is easy and it happens all the time. We can point to other churches and how they're not doing it right. We can point to a celebrity preacher and root our faith in his personality and charisma We can point to a politician and base our hope on a political party or political agenda. And when we get distracted, when we lose our way, the original witness is there in the scriptures calling us back to the wilderness and calling us to repentance, calling us back not only to our first love, you've pledged allegiance to Jesus the Christ, but also calling us back to our original job description to point others to Christ because he's not always obvious, even though he's always among us. You've seen those memes on social media that say you had one job. You had one job. Normally, it's showing that you had one job and you did not do it. You had one job. We have one job. I have one job. You have one job. One job. One job. In this Advent, may we be reminded by the original witness what our one job is. And may we follow his example and do our job. Let's pray. Lord, I ask today that you would speak to us through the words of John the Baptist, John the Witness. 
and that what we have seen and heard would be so compelling, so fortified within our hearts that we have to share it with others. Remind us today what it is you've called us to do. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be celebrities. We don't have to be stars. We don't have to be anything but willing to point others to you. I ask that you would show us more of Jesus so that we have more to tell about what we have seen and what we have heard. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Go in peace. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to the message from the Greenville Oaks message broadcast. We hope this message enriched your life and can help you inspire others to follow Jesus because we honestly believe following him is the best way of life possible. Be sure to connect with us online on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.